G'day, my name's Adam Spencer and welcome to Billion Dollar Napkin, where we discover how some of Australia's brightest startups prove that their crazy, innovative and impactful ideas were possible. We'll be taken through their triumphs, failures and pivots and learn everything from their early beginnings to how they got it made. We're dealing with some of the most sensitive data there is out there. And so this requires to apply some of the utmost care. Where things matter the most, in my view, is when your life and other people's life and life around you changes as a result of what you've achieved. The human brain is remarkably complicated. While we understand what some parts of the brain do, how can I present a doctor with an accurate picture of my brain so they can help me? Find out as I talk to Stefan Doyen of Omniscient. This is their Billion Dollar Napkin. Stefan Doyan from O8T Omniscient. Welcome to Billion Dollar Napkin. Thanks very much, Adam. Let's start with the napkin. Show me the Omniscient story. All right. Omniscient does brain maps. All right. These are important things for understanding how the brain function, which helps for finding treatments, help for helping patients and doctors. So I'll show you how it works. Here is the human brain bit schematic. Your brain is made of hearts, such as small microprocessors, and they all do various things that help you to process the information. So for instance, how you see, how you feel, how you memorize things, um, everything we know is happening in here. Right, when you look at a brain, you don't really see these parts. That's what we're bringing. So you take an MRI, you get the scan out. We use machine learning for mapping those parts and we get this into an app. Now the doctor goes and connects on this app, can see the different parts of the brain and use this in the operating theater for surgery. Now you can use this for other things as well. So for instance, understanding what the parts are and how they function can also help you for treatments. So let's say you can visualize depression, for instance, mapping it, quantifying it, and so use this for all sorts of treatments that you can think of, ranging from pharma to direct brain stimulation. This is what OAT does, brain maps for better understanding of the brain and better treatment for patients. But Stefan, we can already take images of the brain. You mentioned an MRI, for example. What do you do at Omniscient that's different to that? When you're looking at a picture of the brain, you don't see all the information you need. They're useful, but what you're missing is how the brain is working. Our map is actually bringing this. So what we're building is a GPS for the brain. It tells doctors where things are and how they're functioning together and what is important and what they should be looking for when they're planning for their approach. And by using machine learning and artificial intelligence, you're not just going, here you are, this is an image of every brain. You're creating an individual brain that looks like the brain of that patient or the person needing that treatment? That's right. There's a lot of information on those scans, but what you need is to reduce the complexity so that you get to the substance and the substance is exactly how each and every single one's person's brain can be mapped and how it functions. That's how we're using machine learning. It's my understanding that in a lot of health at the moment, the really exciting adventure in imagery is going from 2D to 3D. 
essentially in those images you've got a lot of information now the challenge is to get to that information and sometimes it is a computational problem you can give the doctor you know the best experts in the world all the time they would need to get to that information machine learning is actually the one that actually cuts that complexity and so the important part here is not so much to provide the answer, but reduce the complexity of what you find in those MRIs so that doctors are making better decisions based on stronger data, easier to understand. Because going back to where you're starting, the brain is just so complicated. You know, some say it's one of the most complicated objects we know. We're talking about billions of neurons, each of which have an incredible number of connections. And so understanding how it works can really get computationally complicated. Now, luckily, nature has made things in such a way that the brain has some regularities. So if I look at your brain, if I look at my brain, they will look similar in certain ways. But in terms of function, that's the really important part. That's where you need to use machine learning to account for that difference between ourselves and get to the map that is actually useful for a practitioner. Yeah, so can you explain to me in simple terms how this machine learning, how this artificial intelligence would work in this situation? Most people understand that the machine learning, for example, when Netflix looks at what lots of things I'm watching, how long do I watch for, which ones do I leave, it might suggest other shows. That I would like. I can understand how machine learning works there. Right. How does machine learning work in taking images of the brain and making them personal and individual? Reducing complexity. So what machine learning does in this context is it takes a huge amount of data. Your brain again is millions and millions and billions actually of connections. But those have a specific patterns. And that patterns is what gets you to see, hear, think, feel, and other aspects. And so what machine learning does in this specific area is that it can sift through such a vast amount of data in a record amount of time and reduce that complexity to get to the essence. That's how we're using it. Modeling create mini representation of the world. And so you can model a brain to have a mini representation of the brain and eventually get to a better understanding of it. Where did you come to this idea? Was your background, were you a, a, a computer nerd who started to think about brains? Were you a brain specialist who started to get your geek on in the AI world? What, what was a, the part? A, a bit of both. <laughs> so I, I, was, I started out, um, I wanted to become a psychologist. That was my, mm. my, my first um, aim was to basically help people that had mental issues and difficulties with their own brains. And I came to a point where I realized that I wouldn't be able to make any difference on that front. So I turned to machines uh, and trying to model the brain. So back in the days, I was working at the uh, University of Brussels, as well as the University of Cambridge. And we were building models of how the brain processes the information. And what we were trying to get to is that if you can model it, you can understand it. That was a long time ago. We had tiny computers. Um, it was mostly run out of laptops. Cloud computing did not exist in such a state back then. You know, in terms of helping patients, that was a little bit of um, a dead end, I thought. Um, I wish it would have worked, but the, the computation power and the data set weren't quite to a state where they are today, and so we couldn't do much. So I moved on. And a um, few things, few steps down the line in my career, I ended up joining a top-tier management consultancy firm. Amazing work, um, really loved it, great time. 
until the day where I got an email in my mailbox. And um, it was one of the email that wasn't like any of the work I was currently doing. It was from somebody outside of the company. It was a neurosurgeon, my co-founder, mm -hmm. who basically brought me back to the problems he was facing with his patients. And so he was explaining essentially that when he would go in surgery, he was missing the critical math, the, the quick critical maps, sorry, that were specific to every single patient. So he could do basically the best educated surgical approach for these patients. Because it's not good enough just to have a drawing of this is what every single brain looks like. My brain, especially if I'm having some issues, some neurological issues, there might be parts of my brain that are differently shaped or differently active to someone who doesn't have the issues I'm having. You need to be operating or working on my particular brain, don't you? Not just any stock standard Absolutely. brain. Absolutely. And this is the critical matter for doctor. Doctors are seeing in their office brains that aren't the normal brain. Often you find patients with cancer. So there's a major tumor and the brain has been displaced. Or the patient has had a surgery. So there's part of the brain that is missing. And so when you're using out-of-the-box standard maps, which isn't quite often done, you're not getting this properly mapped out. And this is what Omniscient does, is basically getting that map tailored to the patient that has a abnormally shaped brain. Explain to me why the, the difference in technology that you're using now compared to 20 years ago is so important. The example I love to give, I, I love playing chess, I'm a chess nerd. I've got an app on my phone that plays chess that no human being will ever beat. The greatest grandmasters of all time will not beat this app, a minor function on my phone that I paid $4.95 for. It's very niche, but that's mind-blowing technology to have sitting in your pocket. How important is the grunt of the technology you're dealing with today in creating the product you have? Yeah, if you think about your chess app, how can you achieve that? Well, it's going in milliseconds through hundreds and hundreds or thousands and thousands of scenarios to find the one that will actually beat you. Well, the technology we're using does similar things at a bigger scale, which is going through all the wiring you have in your brain to understand the signature of every single functional areas, basically reducing the information complexity so that you get to an answer based on the best available information. And that's what we're doing. And so I can see how for a surgeon, having a personalized map of the brain I'm about to operate on would really help. Instead, if I was giving someone a treatment for a condition, could I use your maps to see more quickly, is the treatment working, what doses, what types, and tailor the treatment more quickly, yeah. more personally to, to the patient? So what map are useful for is to provide a segmentation or an understanding of the brain. It creates something that is consistent across patients. And so what can you do with consistencies? You can quantify. So now I can compare my brain to your brain in a way that is alike. And so with that, you can build norms and you can build understanding of the functioning. So yes, it does help for doctors that are looking into potentially um, you know, understanding how certain parts of the brain could be working and others couldn't work. So this is something we're actually working on is the next application, which is not yet uh, FDA clear. So we're working on that. And the idea is to show areas of interest of the brain and quantification regarding it that would potentially help with guiding treatment. Given that you came up with this in just a matter of weeks and made it tailorable to AI, etc., I'd really prefer you not 
to compare your brain to my brain, if that's all right, <laughs> Stefan. I think I'm going to feel quite inadequate. But you, 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 the brain is so remarkably complicated. What makes you think you can do this? Right. The brain is complicated, we understand. But the brain was not, again, created out of nothing. It is an organ that is interacting with the world. And so it creates constraints. We have arms, legs, ears, eyes. All of that does create constraints. And so those constraints shape the brain through, obviously, evolution. And the way it's shaped is that you have regularities. So although my brain and your brain might be very different in certain areas, the way they're actually wiring and the way that they have actually to work with the outside world is very similar. You, we both have a language area, we both have a vision area, we both have memories. These things are relying on pathways that are common across us. So that gives us a very solid ground for building those maps. And we're using those regularities uh, shaped across hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of subjects, obviously, or patients, so that we can find mapping that would fit those regularities, nevertheless, are actually tailored to you. Okay, so Mike's explained his problem. You've come up with a basic working model and you both think yeah, this could go some way to answering these sort of problems. Where to from there? You can't just solve this between the two of you. That's right. How do you bring other people on and actually create a startup in this space? We have been extremely lucky that throughout the course of our careers and, and previous jobs and others, uh, met a um, large cohort of very, very talented people. Um, on the top of that, we have a great mission. We're trying to really tap into and tackle um, mental health issues from an angle that I believe to be very effective, at least in, in, in the short, medium term. And so this is something that resonates with a lot of talents. Um, we hire developers, and so what kind of problems would they be working on rather than working on solving challenges of the brain? And so that, that, that attracted um, absolutely talented people, and we're very, very thrilled and happy to see that today. Billion Dollar Napkin is brought to you by Amazon Web Services. For over 15 years, AWS has helped more startups launch, build and succeed than any other cloud provider. If today's episode inspired you, with AWS Activate, you can access free tools and resources to help you get started. Get up to $100,000 in AWS credits and start building with easy-to-use templates that allow you to launch your business idea in minutes. For more information, visit aws.amazon.com slash activate. AWS, prove what's possible. You're from Belgium. You've studied in the United Kingdom. Mike's a neurosurgeon from the US. What's it like being a global company with truly worldwide ambitions based in a city like Sydney? Sydney is a great place to be. You've got a, an amazing you know, scenery, lifestyle, culture. And I think Sydney can play a very, very prominent role in the scene, especially in healthcare and um, life sciences. Is it the sort of business where anyone, anywhere, anytime around the world can work for you? Or are there benefits in having a geographically 
central workforce? We're a bit of a new case per se, in a sense that um, we were born and we grew up in the middle of uh, the COVID pandemic. So that means that the face time in the office was not available to us for um, a good part of two years. So we expanded globally. Our operations are um, in the US for sales, that's our prime market. But we found uh, a lot of talents here in Australia. And so we grew the core of the uh, technical team, particularly uh, IP related here in Australia. When it comes to healthcare, and especially innovation in a country like the United States, there's not just issues around data and protection, there's significant issues around compliance. What's the key to overcoming the compliance and regulatory hurdles in a country like the States? A lot of very, very careful and detailed work. That is what you need. So we're dealing with some of the most sensitive data there is out there. And so this requires to apply some of the utmost care and making sure that you've got your process under control and that you constantly thrive for quality. That's what we're doing. From what I understand, the AWS offering does facilitate a lot of that compliance and allows organizations to move forward in the space? There's some helpful services there, absolutely. You have in healthcare specifically in certain accounts to deal with a lot of complex wiring for networks or anonymization of data and these kind of things. When a service comes around that has been built purposely for taking into account and, 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 and dealing with these complex challenges, it is always helpful to have it and being able to call that quite readily. So the skill set that you're attracting now, you've moved beyond that basic first map. Some of the things you've shown me on the computer blow my mind. Where is this at on the path to final viable product? Right. So we have one product in the US market um, cleared by the FDA. It's a product that is used for surgical planning of intracranial operations. That is product number one. We are working on product number two. We're days away from submitting to the FDA product number two. Product number two is aimed at taking what we achieved in product number one and expanding it to mental health. So we can start not only looking at the brain map, but looking at how the brain function and therefore inform about, you know, whether your brain is depression, but not only that, but what could be causing it, what part of your brain is actually working fine or not working fine. And this is where we are just about to submit product number two and get to the next market. You went from the idea to creating the basic mind map, the core starting point, in just a matter of weeks. What was that weeks like for you? A lot of work in isolation um, and, and, and a bit of sports as well. It's kind of um, you know, a combination with um, you know, trying to keep your mind healthy and your body healthy. Um, and a lot of good teamwork with my co-founder. So you take that mix and that's how you can deal with issues uh, quicker. In getting it done in that short period of time, was, it, was the challenge the volume of work or the complexity of the issue you were facing? The biggest challenge there is 
coming fresh to a problem or trying to. We both come with a huge amount of experience in our field and we have to solve a problem in a completely novel way. And in certain instances, previous knowledge is very useful. In other instances, it just wears you down. There's this famous quote, which is, you know, they didn't know it was impossible, therefore they did it. Mm -hmm. And when you get there, um, that's kind of the mindset you need to get into, thinking, you know, let's try to solve it, whatever it takes. Give me a case study. Give me an example of where omniscient has changed someone's life. Yeah, sure. I mean, we, we had patients with um, anxiety disorder. Uh, these are absolutely crippling issues. You know, your, your mind is constantly hijacked with all sorts of anxious thought that something is going to happen to you that is terrible. You know, they, they, they were in terrible spots. And so looking at how their brain functions and find targets and, and applying, you know, those approach uh, that, that case I'm thinking of was able to recover uh, most of his life and actually getting back to work. But again, we're, we're not the ones you know, making those decisions. These are doctors. What we're providing is our unique technology that is showing what parts of the brain do what and what targets there are out there that they should consider. There's always these exciting moments on the startup journey. For some, they'll say, it's the first time I saw on my website, ding, a single sale. Or it's the first time I heard someone was playing my online game. What was the moment for you? Was it the first full regulatory tick? Was it the first time you'd heard your product had been used in an actual operation? Take us back to a magic genesis moment. It's, it's an, an incredible journey when you think about it. From a prototype to an actual software that neurosurgeons are using. And in that journey, you have lots of things happening. You first have to put a team together and then you have to have the team working around this. And I remember in the early days, we were all working towards, you know, getting that technology in the hands of the doctor, which is, as you said, re requires a, you know, regulatory tick. But the moments where you have doctors, which, you know, you haven't met before, seeing your technology and thinking, this is going to help my patient. This is what I need. That moment right there is quite an achievement and everybody in the, in the team and the company was very proud of it. It can't have been just a straight line gradually sloping upwards towards success. What's an early roadblock you hit that really challenged the whole project of Omniscient fundamentally? Right. I mean, it's, I would say, an exponential line, but that line is full of, you know, things you need to solve every day. And I think, you know, if I look back, there were hundreds and hundreds of challenges, not particularly one that stood out. But those challenges required a lot of creativity and, and, and a lot of problem solving and a lot of faith from, from everyone else. And so we got through these, right? You're starting with um, a prototype and then you have to turn that into a software and then you have to have the software working in a hospital infrastructure. Well, it's not like you can deliver an app through you know, whatever platform, whatever means, you, you really have to think about how hospital IT function and you have to think about how the information flows in there and how you can take your app and then deploy it there and also make sure that you keep the highest criteria in terms of 
privacy and security and so on and so forth. These are dozens and dozens of many challenges, all sorts of complicated things that we had to solve along our journey and we're still solving problems every day, which makes it so exciting. It's, it's much bigger than just you and Mike as the team now, but initially with you and Mike, what were the skill sets you each brought individually that complemented each other and made this a team that could end up where you are now? We have um, a pretty good complementary set of skills. So Mike is a neurosurgeon, an American neurosurgeon who happens to um, be interested in so many topics and being a very, very fast learner. Uh, an extremely knowledgeable in neuroscience beyond neurosurgery um, and an edge in machine learning. Where on my side, I am more of a machine learning professional with um, a um, degree and, and, and a keen interest in neuroscience. And you can see how the two are actually very much complementing each other. Technical and delivery on the one hand and then the field expertise on the other. You used to work for a global software company that was creating software for you know some of the world's biggest we're talking fortune 500 companies you're now steering your own global startup which is more stressful of the two because the <laughs> first one couldn't have been an easy gig it no it wasn't so previous job was a, a management consultancy company um very very exciting very challenging environment as well uh dealing with large-scale projects um, and very important matters where this one is kind of going to the core of an issue. So we're focusing on one problem. Previous job was more about solving problems across the board. This one is about solving one particular problem, which is the human brain and how we can solve for mental illness. Healthcare is a massive industry there's giant players with very deep pockets when you're bringing something radical something new into the space do you face entrenched opposition from opponents who've got every reason to just want to keep things the way they are right well i wouldn't call them opponent the first thing is we're all there for patients so whether it's one or the other, we're all working for the same thing. We're working for people to go better and we're working for people to have access to the best potential care. So, no, um, we're not facing this in such a way. Uh, the other thing I should mention as well is being very focused and being very early days, um, we get the advantage of being uh, faster in certain things and potentially uh, more creative in certain areas. And so that challenges the industry overall and therefore triggers and prompt reactions from all sides, which ultimately benefits the patients. So we're pretty happy on that. It must be rewarding when you get feedback that the technology you've helped design has changed even just one individual life for the better. That's why I'm in technology, is that you want to be able to impact the real world out there. There's a lot of work that is being done, which is self-centered. And these are fascinating things, especially in AI and machine learning, but really where things matter the most, in my view, is when your life and other people's life and life around you changes as a result of what you've achieved. Stefan Doyle, thank you so much for showing me your billion dollar napkin. Thank you very much, Adam. Billion Dollar Napkin is brought to you by Amazon Web Services and hosted by me, Adam Spencer. Produced by the good people at Podshape, we were filmed on location at the Hollywood Hotel in Sydney.